This week we begin Sefer Shemos, the story of the Yeula of the Jewish people and their development into a nation. So I'm going to skip to the ending of the parsha after we meet Moshe Rabbeinu and he has the story where Hashem tells him to come and redeem the Jewish people, brings him back from Midian, and Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem tells him it will be a challenge, and power will resist and there will be makos, but the, Hashem tells him that the people will believe, and Moshe Rabbeinu comes, and we find in Perek, Dalet, Pasuk, Laman, Ha'am, the nation believed. They heard, Ki Hashem has been a Yisrael, that the they heard pakod pakadati, the secret code words that they had a Mesorah would be given to them by the future Redeemer. And they believed in Moshe, they believed that he was coming to redeem them, that this was their time. And we find that Moshe and Aaron come before Paro, and Paro says, I don't know who this Hashem is, I don't know why you guys have so much free time to think about rebelling. And it says in that Paro commands the taskmasters, the Medrash points out it was Bayomahu, it was that very day that Moshe came to him, he didn't waste any time. He says, stop giving them straw, and I want them to keep making the same amount that they'd had, that they had been making until now. A tremendously difficult new Gezerah upon the Jewish people. And the Medrash tells us that this was the time when Paro made decrees about putting babies into cement and tremendous other afflictions on the Jewish people. Very interesting. The Medrash tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu back in the day had been successful in championing that the Jews should get Shabbos off. He convinced Paro that the best slaves are when they have a day off. And they had the day and they would sit and learn from the Svarim that they had, I guess, different parts of Sefer Bereshis and Gechizik in the coming of the Gula. And the Medrash tells us that this is part of what Paro said when he said, don't let them have this rest, they don't let them have this reading material, maybe this is part of what's causing them to rebel. And so we find in, so we find that this was a tremendously difficult period for the Jewish people, it was maybe the worst part of the slavery at this point. And we find that, that in Pasuk Yud, Tess. So we find in Pasuk Tess Vav that the Shotre B'nai Yisrael, the taskmasters, go and complain to Paro, why are you doing this? And Paro says, because you've been lax and you've said, Hashem. And then the Torah tells us that they bump into Moshe and Aaron, Nitzavim Likrasam. They come out, as they're leaving Paro's palace, they come and they bump into Moshe and Aaron and they tell them, and they they voiced their criticism. Rashi tells us this is mainly Dawson and Aviram here who are voicing their criticism. And so it's interesting, the Medrash tells us that this story took place about six months later. I mean, from the Parsha, it's, it looks like it's fairly immediate, but this was a six-month period. And the Medrash tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu actually went back to Midjan for six months. So imagine the mindset of the Jewish people in this time, that Moshe comes with a message from Hashem, with the Osos, and he tells them now's the time, and he goes before Paro, and Paro increases the suffering of the Jewish people tremendously, and Moshe disappears to Midjan for six months. Imagine the Nisayon in Emuna that the Jewish people must have been going through at that time. So to me it begs the question, why at this time? Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do this to them, 
They've kept their Muna strong these past 200 years. Why is Hashem now giving them right before, almost like a, in a certain sense, like a, like a teaser, almost, that, oh, you're about to be freed, and then now it's make it worse, and Moshe disappears for six months, and they have this tremendous Nisayon in Emuna. I saw somebody quote a say for the Teferis Zion on the Medrash that, and I had a similar thought myself, that yes, that this is the final stretch, now is the time for the final, the final test. When Hashem separates the tzaddikim from the rishayim. So in a sense, the men from the boys, who's going to be able to hold out with Amuna in this last final stretch? Who's, who's not going to give up right before the finish line? Because it is at the finish line. And it seems to me that maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu sometimes does this, that right before the time of Yeshua, Hashem gives that final nisayon. I once heard such a vart that right before death, that there's such a thing that there's a chance to drop your amuna and lose everything right at that moment and the Maharal writes a language that the darkest time is right before sunrise the night is right before sunrise there's this idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends this Nisayon specifically right before the finish line that there's this idea that right before the Geula is the time for the biggest test and it could be that's what's going on in our times also that as we get closer and closer to the Geula we get Things like like the like the Holocaust, and we have the challenges that we're going through as a society and as a people now, and just as we get closer to the finish line, the tremendous challenges in Emuna. I found that the Chavetz Chaim in his Sefer Al Torah he actually approaches it from a different direction. The Chavetz Chaim suggests that when Moshe Rabbeinu says Loma Harei Osa we see in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's answer, the Hashkache here, in why HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this at this final stretch, the way I understand what he's saying, that really, that we know that the Geulah, that the that the, the Gezer of being in Mitzrayim was supposed to be for 400 years, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu chishevez ha-ketz. Interesting, Gematria. Hashem fig- calculated the 190 and, of Ketz and subtracted it from the 400, and we were only there for... 210 years. And he suggests that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's calculation was to increase the nisayon and difficulty of the affliction so that it would take the place of the 400 years. It would be equivalent enough that we could be able to go after 210 years. So in a sense, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving us a tremendous gift at this time. And he suggests that maybe part of the calculation was so Moshe Rabbeinu should be the one to be able to take them out now when Moshe Rabbeinu is alive now. And that's part of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this to speed it up. And maybe that's part of the plan on the Pasuk, Atosira. Now you will see that I'm going to send them out. That it was all for their, it was all for your good and your benefit that you should be able to be a part in the redemption of the Jewish people. And in that sense, he's framing this final stretch as actually a simon of Hashem's chesed. And we find this, the truth is, this is a recurring theme if you study the parasha carefully, that we find it that the decree, for example, to throw the babies into the river ended up being the exact mechanism whereby Moshe Rabbeinu ended up being raised in Paro's palace, which the Eben Ezra explains why that was important for Moshe becoming the Gal Yisrael, and it was actually a mechanism for the Redemption of the Jewish people was one of the worst decrees, and I believe the Medrash tells us that the Malachim saved all the Jewish babies who were part of that decree. We find that the decree 
with the straw that the taskmasters took beatings for it, and they were actually greatly rewarded with it. In Parshas Paloska, they were given the vua. And it's interesting that we find Das and Aviram, the chief complainers to Moshe Rabbeinu about this decree, and the way the Maral Diskin learns it, that the schus that Das and Aviram had to survive for the amount of time that they did and to be a thorn in Moshe Rabbeinu's side all those years was in the schus of taking the beatings for the Jewish people. That's how he understands it, that that was such a tremendous thing that they did, that it was a schus for them to be able to, despite everything else that they represented, to be able to last for as long as they did. So in a sense, sometimes the things that seem the worst are really signs of Hashem's chesed, and we need to we need to try to our best to believe that and feel that. And the Chavetz Chaim writes that even in our days, and he was talking, he was writing this before World War II, that we have tremendous difficulty and shibud, and we trust that Hashem is doing this to make the gula come much quicker and the redemption come much quicker. I've heard that the Chavetz Chaim said this about the increase in the speed in which technology has been developing over the years, that it's, as we get closer to the Gula, things that are supposed to happen have to, are happening quicker. And over here he's saying it in the context of Shibo, that maybe the challenges that we're going through are to bring, to speed up the process so we can be faster Zolche to the Gula. Just I think it's a valuable perspective for us to try to have, both this perspective not to give up and to know that sometimes the biggest darkness comes right before the finish line, and to know that Hashem brings the darkness to help speed up, be to speed us up towards the finish line. And amidst Hashem, we'll see the good finish line. The Gula Shalem up in Amen. Wishing you all a wonderful Shabbos.